there. Uh, again, welcome to Perch. Uh, my name is Al and I'm the pastor of Perch. Uh, it's so great to have you joining us for the first Sunday of February. We are starting off this month with a new series called Know Thyself, Know Thyself. And it's a struggle that most of us uh, deal with um, to varying degrees. I think there are some who struggle with it more than others. And I'm really sorry about all the noise here. Uh, I'm filming this from the hospital where I work at in downtown LA. So there's helicopters, there's sirens, and right behind me there's some people working um, on the building. It looks like a virtual background, but I assure you it's not. These are uh, real trees. I just wanted to uh, record this, film this while I am um, outside because uh, the weather is nice today and it's just nicer scenery for you. Um, but today I, I wanted to address something that was um, pretty traumatizing for most of us um, a couple weeks ago on the evening of January 21st, um, early Sunday morning, January 22nd, um, there was a shooting in um, a local neighborhood here, right here in Monterey Park, which is uh, less than 10 miles from downtown LA and really close to where some of us in our community, in our Perch community, live. And on um, that evening in Monterey Park, uh, a shooter went into a dance studio and shot many people and killed 11 of them. There were 11 people who were, um, who were murdered that night um, because of this uh, shooter. At first, many people assumed it was a, a, a hate crime because um, there have been many hate crimes committed against Asian Americans, particularly against like elderly Asian people. Uh, so people thought it was something like race-based, like a race, racially charged hate crime. When in fact, it was uh, another Asian American male, um, the age of 72, who was the shooter. Uh, they eventually caught him in Torrance, but he ended up taking his own life. Well, some background has been done on this man, and uh, it turns out that he met his ex-wife at this dance studio um, almost 20 years ago. Uh, but they weren't married for very long. Um, they weren't married for very long, and they divorced in 2005. And he went about like living his life, and he just lived alone and kind of quietly. His neighbors assumed he was a nice guy and he was friendly, and he would even like pet his neighbors' dogs and things like that. Um, but he was suffering alone, and he was dealing with all these unresolved issues by himself. And there was something that must have caused him to go on this rampage um, 20 years after he met his wife. And it, I don't know how much of it is because of his wife or um, there was some speculation that uh, he had a love interest that was invited to this very same dance studio where he met his wife 20 years ago and he wasn't invited. And so because he was upset or felt slighted, um, he went on this rampage and no one really knows exactly why there's no evidence um, kind of revealing his motives for why he did what he did but what is clear is that this man was suffering 
he was suffering in silence and he was suffering in isolation. And there were a lot of issues that he just did not resolve. And there were many parts of himself that went unexamined. He didn't know himself. He didn't know himself. And because he didn't know himself, he brought suffering to himself and to others. And this is why it's critical that uh, we know ourselves. And this is why we're going through this theme of know thyself throughout this month of February. And the central truth for today is this. Lack of self-awareness will bring suffering to ourselves and our neighbors. Lack of self-awareness will bring suffering to ourselves and our neighbors. The passage that we're going to look at today addresses precisely that. Okay. It comes to us from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 27 through 32. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 27 through 32. So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread or drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ eat and drink judgment on themselves. That is why many you uh, that is why many among you are weak and sick and the number of you have fallen asleep but if we were more discerning with regard to ourselves we would not come under such judgment nevertheless when we are judged in this way by the lord we are being disciplined so that we will not be finally condemned with the world all right, so we just read from the book of 1 Corinthians. It is in the New Testament, and it was written by none other than the late great Apostle Paul. And he was, he was writing this letter to the church in the city of Corinth. Now, the city of Corinth was one of the largest and most populated cities in the world when Apostle Paul wrote this letter. Its popularity came about primarily through trading and manufacturing, uh, and Corinth was known as what we would call today as a port city. Now, one of the reasons why Corinth was such a popular and bustling port city is because it didn't only have one harbor, it had two. Uh, there was one in the north and there was one in the south. It was in this narrow strip of land called an isthmus. And so because of this unique geography that Corinth was situa uh, situated in, uh, it had the nickname, the City of Two Ports. This made trading, traveling, and selling in and out of Corinth uh, an easy choice for many visitors and merchants because traveling in and out of Corinth was so efficient. And Corinth was also famous for manufacturing bronze, marble, pottery, and other goods. So the City of Corinth, uh, by its very nature, was a very pluralistic city. Uh, meaning they had many different people groups, cultures, languages, religions, and philosophies all in one place. Now, Corinth was, as I said, was one, one of the largest cities in the world. In, in fact, it was the second largest city in the world in the first century, 
uh, when Apostle Paul wrote this letter to the church in the city of Corinth. It is the second largest city in the world, second only to the great city of Rome. And when it came to this Greco-Roman culture, one of the first things that most people would think of uh, is like some of the, its great philosophers at that time. Because great the Greek philosophers were very formative in Greco-Roman culture, mentality, and worldviews and values. To get an idea of what their mentality was like, here's a quote from one famous philosopher. Uh, he said this, As for the superior man, and yes, he means man because the world was very sexist back then and chauvinistic. For the, as for the superior man, since nothing is too good for him, he must be the best of men. For the better a man is, the more he deserves, so that he who deserves the most is the best. And this is from none other than the great philosopher, quote-unquote great philosopher, Aristotle. So Greek philosophers believed that a great man is well-learned in all fields of education. And also, if they were great, they deserved more. So this perpetuated this belief that greed is okay. The Corinthians believed that a spiritual man was a man who gleaned from many different religions. The Corinthians believed that a truly godly person was one who had not only one god, but many gods. And this is why the Greeks were pluralistic. And this is why um, they were um, polytheistic. They believed in many gods. So for uh, Christians to live their life of faith in the Greco-Roman world was countercultural because they only believed in one god. We were monotheistic. And the only way to understand and know this God is through Jesus Christ, who modeled for us uh, what a perfect life looks like and is the bridge builder between us and God, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, who guides us, she speaks to us, and she uh, gives us life um, as we go about this world here today. So that was very countercultural for the Greeks to understand and wrap their minds around. Now, why am I describing the city of Corinth in such great detail? Well, it's because that city of Corinth um, is not that different from the city or the county that many of us here live today, which is the great city of Los Angeles, okay, and Los Angeles County, and even extending down to Orange County. Uh, one of the biggest uh, things in common that we have in LA with the city of Corinth is that we are a big port city. LA is the largest port city in America. And do you know what's the second largest city, uh, port city in America? Long Beach. Long Beach, which, which is also in Los Angeles County. And the third largest port uh, in America is in New Jersey. New Jersey. So, the first and second largest ports in America are in L.A. County. So in many ways, you could call uh, L.A. the city of two ports, just like Corinth was in the first century. Um, and this makes sense because L.A. is also one of the most diverse cities in the world, just as Corinth was back then, because so many people come through L.A., a lot of them end up staying in L.A. because of this access to the easy access that we have to this great city. And so a lot of it's, you know, L.A. is in many ways a hub 
of different cultures, foods, philosophies, religions, and people groups. Which brings us back to this theme of know thyself. So this Greco-Roman belief philosophy of know thyself is so relevant to us today in so many more ways than we probably realize. This famous Greek idiom, know thyself, is said to have been made famous by the great philosopher Socrates. Uh, but in fact, uh, Socrates was the one who actually just made it famous. Okay, um, this phrase, this um, uh, saying, know thyself, existed even before Socrates was born. And it was a phrase that most gr Greeks uh, were very familiar with. And the two maxims or the two idioms that would follow know thyself is nothing to excess and certainty brings insanity or certainty brings ruin. The proverb applies to those whose claims of themselves exceed uh, whom they actually are or what they actually are. Another way of translating know thyself is know thy measure. Know thy measure. In our world of social media, where boasting can be monetized, bragging gets rewarded, and deception is all too common, how can we live with integrity according to the ways God intended for us? And this is what today's passage is all about. It brings together the beliefs of the Greco-Roman world, which are not too different from the beliefs of Angelinos, and the teachings of Jesus Christ to make sense of how to live as spiritually healthy human beings. But if we don't confront a lot of these issues within our society and more importantly, within ourselves, we, they will continue to linger, fester, and perhaps even be destructive. And so this passage that we read earlier today, it teaches us um, three things, okay? Uh, it teaches us, it probably teaches us more than three things, but the three things that are highlighted, um, I'm gonna share with you today. And the first one is this. What you resist, persists. What you resist, persists. And I didn't coin this phrase, okay? It was uh, coined by the famous psychiatrist, Carl Jung. Um, and what he meant by this is the more you resist anything in life, the, the more you bring it to you. The more you resist anything in life, the more you bring it to you. In verse 28 of today's passage, it says this. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. I want to kind of uh, broaden this interpretation of today's passage because um, really the, uh, in the beginning, it sounds like Apostle Paul is talking about the tradition, the religious tradition of communion, where people, um, the, the body of Christ or the church or the faith community 
uh, break bread together um, and um, drink from the cup together uh, to remember the sacrifice that Jesus made. But I want to broaden the interpretation of today's passage to whatever we consume, whatever we consume. And I'm, I'm not talking about literal bread or um, drink. I'm talking about content even. What is it that we're consuming? And are we just blindly consuming it without really taking stock of what it actually is that we're putting into our minds, our bodies, and our spirits? And there are many beliefs that exist in this world, right? Because we live in LA, like I mentioned. Uh, there are many different cultures and philosophies and opinions and beliefs uh, that exist in this world that we are surrounded by. And how much of that are we letting into our minds, our, our bodies, and our spirits? How much of our beliefs is a product of our culture? For example, um, a popular uh, saying that many people like to say is um, no regrets, okay? <laughs> no regrets. And what it's, and you know, it's this idea that like, oh, you know, don't, don't get uh, hung up on the mistakes that you've made in the past or uh, certain decisions that you've made in the past that weren't the best. Um, and, and what it's actually like is people not confronting the mistakes that they've made. And because they haven't confronted the mistakes that they've made, they seem to make the same mistakes over and over and over again. Now, uh, do you happen to know anybody in your life that's like this? Maybe they believe this, like, uh, this phrase or this like, uh, way of thinking of no regrets. And because they think this way, they kind of make the same mistakes over and over and over again. Because it's hard. It's hard confronting our regrets, right? It's hard confronting our past mistakes. Because, and, and we resist it, right? This is why uh, the famous psychiatrist Carl Jung said, what you resist persists. What you resist persists. And I, I just love the way that Apostle Paul uh, phrased verse 28, where it says, everyone ought to examine themselves. Everyone ought to examine themselves. And this was a phrase that my first um, CPE educator would often remind me of. Um, as I mentioned before um, in past uh, messages, I'm in this program called CPE, which means Clinical Pastoral Education. It's for uh, pastors, for seminary grads who want to go into chaplaincy. And um, we want to be well equipped to be able to provide spiritual and emotional support for patients of all different backgrounds. And my first CPE educator would often remind us that one of the main purposes of CPE is for chaplains to examine themselves. Examine themselves. Look at the parts of ourselves that are hard to look at. Uh, peruse the areas of our lives that we have ignored. Because if we've ignored it, um, chances are it's going to pop up like over and over again. Uh, another example I'll give you is um, anger. Anger. You know, I'm Korean American, so I'm familiar with Korean culture um, and what um, 
Korean people are like. Uh, particularly, uh, what I'm thinking of is uh, Korean men. Um, a lot of like first generation and even like second generation Korean men uh, deal with anger. We we a lot of us struggle with anger, and and I say struggle because um, a lot of us don't even know that we're angry. And and it kind of stays with us. It lingers with us because we don't examine ourselves. And because we don't examine ourselves and because we don't admit honestly, we don't confess and talk about and process our anger, the anger just stays. The anger just stays. What you resist persists. What you resist persists. And so what are the areas of your life that you're resisting, that you're uh, uncomfortable looking at? Because it's hard. And chances are, um, because you're not looking at it, because you're not examining it, it's still there. And it's unresolved. And it's not going to go away until you really look at it. You really look at it. Which brings us to our second truth for today. Uh, the second point that from today's passage is what we don't know can hurt us. What we don't know can hurt us. I want to show you this ad from a long time ago. Okay, this is a camel cigarette ad uh, from a while back, from many decades ago. <laughs> As you can see, it claims to be healthy for you. <laughs> I know it's pretty crazy, right, to think about it because now, you know, we're in the 21st century and we, we've known for many, many years, uh, for many decades, in fact, that cigarettes are lethal, that they're really, really bad for you. But there was a time when uh, marketers and ad men were so influential that they convinced the American public that cigarettes are good for your health. <laughs> Crazy, right? This is why it's important to examine and know what we are consuming. And this is why it says in verse 27, so then, Whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. What are you putting into your body? What are you believing with your mind? What are you consuming from the world that's destructive? That's not helpful, right? So what are we consuming that's really uh, unhealthy for our emotional, spiritual, mental health. What bread, quote-unquote bread, drink, content, philosophies, deceptions, opinions are you consuming that's, un that's not helpful? And is it what God would want you to consume? Is it what God would want you to consume? Um, this reminds me of a patient that I met with um, a few months ago. This is a, a while back. He was suffering from uh, severe diabetes. And he was pretty young too. He was like younger than me at the time. Well, he's still younger than me. Um, and he looked relatively healthy, okay? He was, um, you know, pretty thin and uh, he worked in construction. So, you know, he, he, worked, he had a very physical job, a physically demanding job, which kind of like was uh, built in exercise every day, right? And uh, he just had no idea why he had 
uh, such severe diabetes kind of like out of nowhere, right? And I was uh, curious about this. And the nurses didn't know either. The staff didn't know, the doctor didn't know, and there were certain things maybe that um, uh, he left out, right? That, you know, and uh, as I was talking to him and getting to know him better, I realized, um, or he, he, he admitted to me that he drinks 12 cans of Coke a day. 12 cans of Coca-Cola a day. And it didn't dawn on him, it didn't click that that's the reason why he has diabetes. And he's, he's done this for years. And he drinks six cans of Coke before noon. And for him, it was like no big deal. It was like, you know, for him, he didn't think it was any different than drinking water. But to me, it was like plainly obvious, right? It was like, like a, you know, sirens. And I'm like, that's the reason why you have diabetes, okay? He thought like, oh, I, I don't eat sugar. I don't eat dessert, right? I don't eat candy. So what's the big deal? But it's actually that's what caused it and like that was so obvious to him and he for whatever reason <laughs> I know it sounds crazy it's I'm not making this up um, he he didn't get it right he didn't get it and he didn't know and that's what was like killing him that's what was killing him now uh, we are surrounded by toxic beliefs and uh, detrimental like content all the time, right? When you're on social media, you see people like claiming these things or like making these like outrageous like uh, opinions and um, we don't know what to believe, right? Now, we can observe the content, we can look at it without consuming it, right? Consuming it is different, right? Uh, we could just kind of like let it uh, roll off our back, right? And we could see it on social media or we could see it like around us and just because you're looking at content doesn't mean you're consuming it, okay? So I do have to clarify that, right? And uh, we have to discern. We have to discern. What are we eating? What are we drinking? What are we consuming? And is it helpful for us? Is it helpful for our spirits? Which brings us to our last point for today's passage is only God can satisfy our souls. Only God can satisfy our souls. The quote-unquote food and drink that the world provides cannot satisfy our souls. In fact, they are designed to keep us addicted. The reason why people become shopaholics, the reason why people become um, addicted to sugar, the reason why the people that be, uh, many of us become addicted to like social media is because it actually doesn't fill us up. It gives us like a little taste and it keeps us wanting more and more and more and it never fills our souls. It never fills our spirits. And this is precisely why Jesus called himself the bread of life and the everlasting water. And there's a different energy, you know, that we as the children of God, there's a different energy that we that we carry. We have a peace that most people in the world do not have. There's a fulfillment in our spirits that does not come from the world. There's a joy that we hold that we know only come from God. And there's a hope that we have 
that will outlast any struggle or pain or doubt that exists in this world. Now, we have all the struggles, we have all the suffering, we have all the doubts that anyone else has, but we also have peace, joy, hope, and love that come from God through Jesus Christ that the world cannot give. I don't know about you all, but the past few years for me have been really rough. <laughs> it's been really rough. Yet through it all, I never lost hope. And, you know, I never blamed God for any of it. Sure, I had my doubts. You know, sure, I had my bouts of um, maybe even like uh, fist waving, <laughs> fist shaking at God. But at the end of the day, um, He never let me lose hope. And this is precisely why Jesus said in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So with that, I want to leave you with the reflection question of the week. Reflection question of the week is this. How is God inviting me to examine myself for the sake of spiritual growth? How is God inviting me to examine myself for the sake of spiritual growth? Let me pray for us as I send you off. Lord, this invitation to know ourselves is simple, yet so difficult. Your Spirit is inviting all of us today to examine ourselves closely, to take stock of what pain is still lingering, what wounds are still open, what emotions have gone uh, ignored. We know that your Holy Spirit is guiding us. May we pay attention to her, listen to her voice, her whisper. For you are inviting us into spiritual wholeness, healing, and peace. Would you grant all of us at Perch and those whom we encounter and touch in our lives to feel that peace, that blessing from you that can only come from you and to not consume the things of this world that are detrimental, that do not nourish our souls. For we know that um, the peace that we have, it only comes from you. And you give it to us in a way that the world never can. We pray all these things in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Have a blessed week.